Welcome to Newport Beach in the rearview mirror. I'm Bill Lobdell. That's right. It's time for another pop quiz on Newport Beach history. I'd actually call this a deluxe edition because it's really good. We'll have five questions, of course, five answers, and most importantly, five great but little-known stories that go along with each of them. So let's get started. Number one, if you had visited Newport Beach any time between the late 19th century and the 1930s, you'd find horses on the beach near what's now the Newport Pier. What were they used for? A, five-cent rides for the tourists. B, they were wild horses from the Irvine Ranch and became almost like beloved pets and fed with grain and hay from ships docked at the wharf. C, they were used to pull in massive fishing nets from the ocean. D, they were used to pull the volunteer fire truck. The answer is C, they were used to pull in massive fishing nets. You see, back in the day, Newport Beach was basically the fishing capital of the West Coast. To give you some sense of this, in 1896, a tourist caught 29 yellowtail in a single day, and someone else caught a 300-pound bass. Even three decades later, in 1931, fishermen off the coast of Newport Beach hauled in 1.2 million pounds of fish for the year, which equates to over a ton and a half per day. And the schools of smelt just offshore were one of the more lucrative catches. From the beach, fishermen and dories would row out several hundred yards into the ocean, spread their nets parallel to the shore from what's now about 30th Street to the Newport Pier, that's about eight blocks, and then have a team of horses pull in thousands of pounds of fish, which were then quickly shipped via rail to Los Angeles. Of course, this was not a um, super sustainable practice, and the state put a stop to it in the 1930s. Question number two. In the 1940s, what was the castle that W.S. Collins built on Collins Island converted to? A, the original Magic Castle. B, a haunted castle attraction. C, a U.S. Coast Guard base. Or D, a hotel. The answer is C, a U.S. Coast Guard base. The actor James Cagney, who owned the island at the time, gave the keys to the castle to the Coast Guard during World War II. From that base, the Coast Guard patrolled the harbor and the coast. Understandably, there was a great deal of worry that the Japanese would attack the California coast or try to sabotage any military-related operation. Newport had six boatyards that were building military vessels, including minesweepers, 110-foot submarine chasers, and ships that were up to 260 feet in length. And if you think about it for a moment, that's a huge concern for national security right there in Newport Harbor. Speaking to the Newport Harbor Chamber of Commerce in 1942, Coast Guard Lieutenant Commander C.W. Thomas warned, quote, We do not mean to be alarmist, but common sense tells us that our enemies are not going to sit down while we strike them without hitting us back. And he went on to say that we need to be prepared, and this new base on Collins Island, which is part of Balboa Island, 
was an essential part of that. Feeling the brunt of the Coast Guard presence were pleasure boaters. If you wanted to sail or motor around the harbor, you needed to go to the castle, the Coast Guard base, with your birth certificate and get photographed and fingerprinted. In exchange, boaters received a harbor pass. The Coast Guard also positioned a patrol boat at the harbor entrance to check every vessel going in and out of the harbor. For the first few years of the war, only commercial boats were allowed to enter and leave the harbor. Later, the restrictions eased a bit for pleasure boats. And here's a fun fact. The Coast Guard considered putting a net across the harbor entrance to capture any enemy submarine. But eventually, logic prevailed and they realized that no submarine can get into the harbor without running aground because of the shallow depth of the water there. Another random fact that I came across, just to close this one out, there was an aircraft observation post on the bluffs in Corona de Mar. It was staffed by citizen volunteers who scoured the skies for enemy aircraft. Question number three. Mariner's Mile on West Coast Highway is the home to one of the best examples of Southern California modern architecture between L.A. and San Diego. It's the one-story bayfront building, all white, that houses the upscale Amari Boutique. The building was designed by the architecture firm Ladd & Kelsey, who were well-known for their Norton Simon Museum design in Pasadena and other architectural masterpieces. Now, I don't know much at all about architecture, but here's how one connoisseur described the building, which was built in 1961. I think this description helps if you imagine me talking in a British accent, which I cannot. The exuberant waterfront structure reflects the casualness and joy of the California coastal lifestyle. It also elegantly links the land to the sea, an integrated natural partner to the marina. Buoyant arches are wrapped in a thin shell concrete structure and poetically echo the sailboats on Newport Bay. All right, in the English accent, let's, let's get going. Okay, with all that background, here comes the question. Before being leased to Amari, the building, with its huge windows and spectacular views of the harbor, housed several restaurants popular with generations of diners. What restaurant did not call the building home? A, the stuffed shirt. B, the Ritz. C, Cano's. D, windows on the bay. The answer is D, the Ritz. The restaurants that did have a home in that building were in order the stuffed shirt, Cano's, and windows on the bay. Now, a little bit more about the Ritz. That restaurant had a long run in Newport. It first opened near the Newport Pier in 1977. Then, in 1982, it moved to a glitzy home in Newport Center. And it really became the It restaurant in Orange County. Time eventually passed the Ritz by, and it closed in 2014 when the Irvine Company didn't renew its lease. And a year later, in 2015, the restaurant moved to Mariner's Mile and was rebranded the Ritz Prime Seafood. That iteration lasted only 17 months. Okay, here's a fun question. Number four. On August 3, 1883, the Los Angeles Times, my alma mater, ran a story headlined, 
a few things Newport can crow over. So, which one of the following was not listed by the newspaper as something Newport can crow about? And one note, this story was weirdly written in the first-person plural, and I'll go with their style. A, that we have raised the most corn to the acre than any locality in the county. In the county at the time would have been all of Los Angeles and Orange County, since Orange County wouldn't exist until six years later. B, that we have raised the largest beet that was ever raised in the county, weighing 230 pounds. C, that we raise and export more fat hogs than any one shipping point in Southern California. Or D, that we have the Irvine Ranch's first bar, which is named Mutt Lynch's after a fisherman known as the city's most prolific drinker. I probably didn't fool anyone, but the answer is D. Mutt Lynch's wasn't mentioned in the LA Times story. In fact, the popular divish bar near the Newport Pier wouldn't come onto the scene for another 95 years. Final question, question number five. In 1940, why did a Newport Beach man generate international headlines? A, he was the first person to swim from Catalina to Newport Beach. B, he was a promoter of a utopian community off the coast of Panama. C, he had 12 wives, which eventually landed him in jail because he refused to give up any one of them. Or D, he was a sailor who completed a solo voyage around the world in a 25-foot boat. The answer is B, he was a promoter of an utopian community off the coast of Panama. Here's the story. Harper B. Henry was a Newport Beach carpenter who decided he wanted to establish an utopia, so he bought a 3,000-acre island off the coast of Panama in 1940 and began recruiting fellow dreamers using his impressive self-promoting skills through newspapers across the country. For example, a headline on the front page of the LA Times read, Adams and Eves Wanted for Eden. Subhead, have you been looking for an island paradise? Harper B. Henry, great, great, great name, explained to the reporter how his utopia would work. I think we found the ideal place. It will be a farming community growing produce for the canal zone. Colonists will raise their own food, and there is abundant timber for housing and grazing land for animals. If we can get honest, independent people, we cannot fail. But after three months, if they aren't satisfied, they can return. That's the bargain I made with them. Henry went on to say that colonists will have to subscribe to a moral code, which included honesty and unselfishness, tolerance and good humor, and beyond that, the colony would have no religious nature. As added inducements, Henry promised to name a lake or other landmark after every resident and declare his or her birthday a community holiday. It took Henry seven years to put his plan into action. I guess, I guess recruiting was a little more difficult than he thought. In 1947, he left San Pedro on a 65-foot former Coast Guard tug named Aster, with 18 colonists, along with farm machinery, seeds, beehives, chickens, other equipment, and 
a piano. What happened to that utopia has been lost, but it appears that Harper B. Henry's dream of a long-term utopian society was not to be. We don't have the details of why his colony failed, but there is this. In 1956, nine years or so after the 18 colonists set off for the Panamanian island, this notice ran in the Palm Springs Desert Sun. Terry Ray, president of the Palm Springs Real Estate Board, received an unusual listing the other day. It was a listing for the Chiroti Island in the Republic of Panama, which consists of 3,000 acres of land. In addition to being ideal for cattle raising, the coconut trees on the island net $4,000 annually. The temperature is from 75 to 85, as one-fourth of the land is hilly, going up to 500 feet high. There is good water and some natural jungles. The owner is asking $35,000 for the island. If this island sounds like a paradise to you, you're in luck. It's for sale. It's only $40 million today. I guess uh, Harper B. Henry should have hung on for it for, for a little bit. And finally, I could have saved Harper B. Henry a lot of time and money by letting him know that Utopia can be found in Newport Beach. I appreciate you taking the fourth pop quiz on Newport Beach history, and I hope you had as much fun as I did. We'll see you next time.